Welcome to Moments. I'm so grateful for the opportunity to connect with you today, and I want you to get your Bibles out. I want you to to begin to agree with me and let me agree with you for supernatural momentum to be built in your life. I believe that this year has already started out. It's going to be the best year of your life, no matter how it started out, no matter how the first month was. We're in the second month now, and I believe it's going to get better and better and better. The path of the righteous is like the light of dawn, Proverbs 4 tells us, and it grows brighter and brighter until the full day. I want you to believe and expect things to get better and better. And I want to believe with you for things to get better in your personal life, in your soul, in your emotions, in your family, in your health, in your finances. And in particular, I want to believe with you for your finances. And then we're going to get into some thoughts that will transform your life forever. But I want to believe with you for increase. At the beginning of the pandemic of 2020, God spoke to me. And one of the first things I heard the voice of God speak to me was, believe me for increase. You can decrease all by yourself, but with me, you're going to increase. And I want to prophesy that over you, that 2022 is a year of increase for you. Increase wisdom, increase of favor, increase in your finances, increase in your health, an increase in your joy, an increase in love, an increase in peace. I speak increase over every area of your life. I prophesy and declare increase is coming to you. And in the name of Jesus, whatever, wherever you've gone backwards, wherever you've decreased, I declare it's a turnaround time. This month is your turnaround month. This year is your turnaround year. It's going to get better. It's going to get better and better and better in Jesus' name. And I love what the scripture says. Now, I want to share a verse with you in 1 Corinthians 3, verse 6, and we're going to get ready to give to God, and we're going to see a turnaround and an increase in your financial condition as well through our giving. Because Paul says in verse 6, I have planted and Apollos has watered, but God gave the increase. God gave the increase. I want you to hear this again, that Paul said, I planted... Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So that tells us something, that humans have our part and then God has his part. And our part is to plant and to water our seeds. And God's part is to increase. God's plan, God's promise to you is that he will increase the seeds that you plant. When we plant our seeds, we water our seeds, God gives increase, increase to our seeds. We could we can kind of wave our hand over it and hope that it will grow faster, but let's just trust God to give the increase. Let's plant our seed, go to bed at night like the Bible says, like we talked about, trust the process. But I want, you to, I want to encourage you to plant your seed today and believe God is going to increase. And so we'll take a moment with our offering, and you can see on the screen several ways that you can give, but I want to bless your finances. And I want to speak over that part of your life as well. Father, thank you that you promised to give us increase. We are going to give you something to work with, Lord, though. We're going to give you our seed. We're going to water it with our words. And we are going to see you increase and multiply whatever we give. It'll, you'll always give it back. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together 
and running over in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thank you for giving. Thanks for being a part of our Wednesday night Bible study, our Wednesday night moments. And I want to take you to a scripture and it's in first, uh, actually it's in Deuteronomy chapter 30. And the last couple of days in our fast from wrong thinking, we've been talking about feeling like a victim on day nine and feeling offended in day 10. And so I want to share a little bit with you from those days. And I want to kind of highlight some things that I think will really encourage you. And I think when we talk about feeling like a victim, if you sometimes if we say to another human being, hey, you're acting like a victim, what usually happens when we say that, if we say that or if it's been said to you, we get offended. <laughs> so that's why these two thoughts kind of go together. I feel like a victim and then I feel offended because whenever we feel somebody is correcting us or somebody is challenging us in that area of our life, it's easy to get offended. And I want you to realize that when you get offended, it's like you get off of the word and the process is ended. When we respect the process, like we talked about this past Sunday, when we respect the process, we're going to see a harvest in our lives. When we respect the process of planting seeds, speaking God's word, encouraging ourselves, encouraging others. But when we when we get off of that process, the the harvest is ended. So I want you to not get offended, get off the word and then the process is ended when we come away from God's way of doing things, we, we end, we interrupt the process and don't interrupt the process. Like you're a work in progress and you've planted good seeds over your last few weeks or few months or few years. So believe in those seeds, believe in that process, believe in continuing to trust that those seeds are going to come up. So go with me in your Bibles to Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 15. And this scripture really set me free years ago when I realized the power that it, that it was giving me and the power that this verse was giving me the permission to use. And it says, see, I've set before you this day life and prosperity and death and adversity. So choose life that both you and your descendants might live. Look at what God says. He said, I've set before you these choices. It's your choice. These options. You can have life and prosperity or you can have death and adversity. It, it's really not a choice, right? There's really, there's really no choice in, when it comes to those two things. It's obvious what we all want. We want life and we want prosperity. We don't want death and adversity. But look at this, the secret, the key to it all, the key to which one we're going to live in and which one we're going to experience is in the power to choose, the power to choose. He says, so choose life. Boy, um, this is a powerful gift that's been given to us, the power of choice. If we would just get a hold of this today, and I really want you to get a hold of this, and I know you... If you went over it in our fast and wrong thinking, you got the email, you, you thought it, you declared it, you prayed it, you, you, you meditated on it. But I don't want us to I don't want us to lose sight of the power punch here. The the most powerful thing that God is giving us is the power of choice. And 
we get to choose whether we experience life. We get to choose whether we experience prosperity. We don't get to choose what is done to us. We don't get to choose how we're born. We don't get to choose our color. We don't get to choose the country that we're born in. We don't get to choose um, the parents that we have. But we do get to choose how we're going to respond to what's been done to us. We do get to choose how we're going to respond to what people have done to us or what we've done to ourselves or the circumstances that we've been handed, the cards that we've been dealt. We have a choice of how we're going to respond to it. We have a choice of how we're going to deal with it. I don't want you to miss this. You have the power to choose. You know, Viktor Frankl survived the Nazi death camp at Auschwitz by defining ultimate freedom as the ability to choose, the ability to choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances. I want you to think about that, that the worst prison in this world is the one that we put ourselves in by the choices that we make. And Viktor Frankl's quote it, it stayed with me. It, it's the power of choice. We've been given the ultimate freedom. The ultimate freedom doesn't come from being in America. The ultimate freedom doesn't come from being um, white or black or being Hispanic or any upbringing that you've had. The ultimate freedom doesn't come from being rich. Ultimate freedom doesn't come from the money that you have. Ultimate freedom comes from the power and the ability to choose the attitude and the response we're going to make towards the circumstances we're in. That is the ultimate freedom. The world will tell you and Satan will tell you that ultimate freedom is America. Ultimate freedom is having money. Ultimate freedom is being rich. The devil would love for you to think that ultimate freedom is limited to certain people. But when you realize that ultimate freedom comes from the power to choose your attitude, to choose your response, to choose your reaction to the circumstances you're in, choose your reaction to what people have done to you, choose your reaction to what people say about you. When you get a hold of the power of choice, that that is your freedom, then you will start making decisions that truly bring you the kind of life that God created you to live in. But when you think that you're limited because you don't have that freedom of choice, that life is thrust upon you and life is happening to you rather than life is happening for you, then you are going to live without joy and you're going to live without peace. Paul wrote the book of Philippians in prison and yet he considered it the greatest joy of his life to write to these precious people, the Macedonians in Philippi. He wrote this letter to them to thank them. He's in prison and he's thanking them. He's, he's not in prison asking them for help. He's not in prison asking, he's not in prison asking them to get him out, to break him out, break me out of this joint. He's, he's in, he's in prison and he's thanking the Philippians and he's thanking them for supporting him. He's praying for them. He's praying that their joy would be made full. He's encouraging them to count it all joy. He's encouraging them to be encouraged and, and believe that 
They don't have to be limited by whatever circumstances have been, they've been dealt with, but they can rejoice in the midst of their circumstances. The whole book of, of Philippians is about joy in the midst of tribulation. It's all about uh, resisting your current circumstances and refusing to let them control you, refusing to let your current circumstances control your emotions and control your attitude. You see, no one can keep you in your current situation except you. No one can keep you in your current state of mind except you. The other day I was just dealing with something that had to do with a, a project I was working on and, and uh, it had to do with some financial things that I didn't agree with the person on. And I had to, I, it started to stress me out and I, it started to, to weigh on me. And it, I, I noticed my attitude and my emotions began, began to be a little depressed because I thought, oh, this person's taking advantage of me or trying to, you know, change the terms. And I realized that no matter what somebody else does, that has no power over me. And when I realized I'm going to shake this off and I'm going to trust God and I'm going to believe God to intervene in the situation and to get involved in the situation. The depression stopped. The fear and anxiety stopped. And I don't know if you're dealing with a financial situation today, if you're dealing with a health matter or you're dealing with somebody that's mistreated you or you're dealing with a lifetime of regret for the hand that you've been dealt. But I got good news for you. That can end today by you seizing and taking control of the freedom that you have, the freedom to choose your attitude. Take control of that. Take personal responsibility for that. Take control of your emotions by declaring that no one is going to control my emotions but me. No one is going to control my attitude but me. No one is going to, I'm not going to, I'm taking my power back. You know, we went through several steps with this one, one step in this was to, that no one can keep you in your current situation except you. And then the second step was people may have had something to do with how you got in the situation, but only you get to decide whether you stay in that situation. And we, I really want you to encourage, I want to encourage you with that thought again, that you realize that yes, people might add something to do with why you're in the bad situation you're in, but you and God are a majority. You and God, Jesus said, if two of you shall agree about anything they ask, if you don't have any other human being to agree with you, you have, you have the Holy Spirit to agree with you. When you realize that you and God are a majority, that whatever anybody has done to you, God is so ready to undo. Whatever was done, God can undo. Whatever has bound you, hurt you, offended you, put you in a corner, you can get out. You can get out with your words. You can get out with your song. You can get out with your praise. You can get out with, with your declaration and prophetic utterance out of your mouth. You too can prophesy with the prophets. 
The Bible says in the last days, God said, I will pour out my spirit in Acts chapter two and your sons and your daughters will prophesy. We're the sons and daughters of God. We can prophesy. I'm getting out of this situation. No matter what they did to me, God's going to turn it around for me. Romans 8:28 is true. God's causing all things to work together for my good. Even that bad hand I was dealt, the bad parents that I was born to, the, pa the bad uh, environment that I grew up in. God is going to turn that around for my good in Jesus name. See, that's the victor's attitude rather than the victim's attitude, because Romans chapter eight says that we are more than conquerors through Jesus Christ. We are more than conquerors. We are more than victorious. One translation says we are more than victors. See, not only are we not victims, but we are victors and we are more than victors. We are more than conquerors. And this mentality that you have to be subjected to what's done to you, that you're stuck and there's no way out, that's a lie. And you have to embrace that, that it's a lie and that will get you out because you'll realize, you know what? God's given me power here. God's given me the Holy Spirit here. God's given me the helper here. Why don't we just ask God right now? Why don't we invite the Holy Spirit to help us right now? Because taking responsibility for our lives is what breaks us out of depression, taking responsibility for our lives, what breaks us out of discouragement, taking responsibility for our lives, breaks us out of our own self-imposed prison. And I want to encourage you that when you take responsibility for your life, it doesn't mean that you have to do it alone, but it means you take responsibility. And that's when you invite the right help into your life to help you. And the right help is the Holy Spirit. The Bible says he is our helper. Jesus said the Holy Spirit is your helper. He will come alongside to aid you. John chapter 16, verse 13 says the Holy Spirit will help you when you have his help. Then you cease needing to blame anybody for not helping you. You could say nobody helps me. Nobody's here for me. Nobody's there for me. Nobody comes alongside of me. But the Holy Spirit does. So uh, the Holy Spirit's help is better than any human's help. So why don't we just invite the Holy Spirit to to help us right now? Let me pray with you and pray this with me. Just say, Heavenly Father, thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit. Thank you that the Holy Spirit is my helper. I'm not alone. I'm not. Uh, the odds are not against me anymore because, God, you are for me. And Holy Spirit, I invite you to influence my situation. Help me where others have hurt me. Help me where I felt helpless. Come on, just pray that. Help me. Holy Spirit, help me to remember who I am more than a conqueror. Help me to remember my power, that I have the power to choose my attitude. Help me to remember what you said, that greater is he that's in me than he's in the world. Holy Spirit, I invite you to flood my life with your help so I will never have to blame anybody for not helping me any ever again in Jesus name. Amen. Now, I just pray for you right now. I pray that there be a flood, a flood of power, a flood of encouragement, a flood of 
of positive faith energy in your soul right now in Jesus name. Amen. Wow. Well, when we talk about power, one of the things that I really want to encourage you about is do not give away your power. This is the secret to breaking out of the victim mentality. We give away our power to live in victory. We give away our power to live in health and success when we allow others to determine how we respond. We have the power to forgive. We have the power to recover. We have the power to get up. We have the power to overcome anything. But when we blame others, we're giving away our power to them. So take your power back. Take control of your life back. Take charge right now of what God has given you. Remember, the master said to his servant in Matthew chapter 25, why didn't you at least invest my money so I could have received interest? Because the man had been blaming the master and excused himself. As a result, he fell into the temptation of resentment and fear. He lost everything he had because he had a victim mentality. He said, you didn't do enough for me. You are a bad master. You are a bad employer. You are bad this or bad that. He, he started blaming others and he lost everything. So why blame somebody else? Why give your power to somebody else? Blaming somebody is just a way of saying they have power over me. But you, you, they don't have power over you when you declare, I'm taking back my power. I want you to say that. Say, I'm taking back my power. In fact, let's declare this out loud together. No one can keep me down. Say that out loud. No one can keep me down. I am not a victim. I am a victor. I take full responsibility for my life, for my responses in life, for my attitudes, for my decisions. Holy Spirit, I'm asking you for your help. You live in me and you're my helper. I refuse. Come on, say that with me. I refuse to give away my power by blaming others. And I take responsibility for my thoughts, my actions, my reactions. I abandon the idea that my situation is the fault of anyone else. I am more than a conqueror in Jesus name. Say that out loud. I am more than a conqueror in Jesus name. Amen. Now, let's deal with offense quickly as we put these thoughts together and connect on these beautiful opportunities for freedom in our life. It's really simple when it comes to being offended. The way to do it is you got to just free yourself from self-righteousness. Self-righteousness is really where I believe people give themselves permission to be offended because when you're self-righteous, you say things like, how could they do that to me? I would never have done that. I would have never said that. I would have never treated somebody like that. Whenever we say I would have never done that, we're being self-righteous. We're, we're, we're claiming that we that we wouldn't do what that person did. And yet if the tables were turned, maybe we would even do worse than that. And so what we need to do is realize that our righteousness does not come from self. It comes from the blood of Jesus. And when you realize that 
you are the righteousness of God because of the blood of Jesus, you'll start looking at other people like they too are the righteousness of God because of the blood of Jesus, not because of something you did or something they did. So being offended comes from when we think we're better than other people. We're offended because we should be treated better. We're offended because you shouldn't talk to me that way. We're offended because that person should have never done that to me. And look, people are going to do things to us. People are going to say things about us. But what we have to realize is our shield, the thing that's going to protect us is the breastplate of righteousness, which is what Jesus did for us, not self-righteousness, which is what we what makes us condescend to others. And the reason we get offended is because we feel somebody is making us feel smaller and treating us in a way that we don't deserve. And since when do we since when did we become dependent upon how people treat us? This is why we get offended. We're dependent upon how people treat us. We're addicted to people's approval and we're addicted to people's um, to people treating us well. And the sooner that you stop needing them to treat you well, the sooner you stop needing them to approve of you, the sooner you'll be free. I just make up my mind that no one, nothing somebody does to me, nothing that somebody says about me is going to offend me because I'm not going to be attached to their opinion of me. I'm attached to God's opinion of me. In Psalm 119, verse 165, the verse, the great scripture that, that says that great peace have those that love God's word and nothing will offend them. Great peace have those that love God's, says love God's law, but he's not talking about the law of the old covenant. He's talking about the principles of God. Great peace have those that love God's word and nothing will offend them. And that word love there is the word that we get attachment from. It's the same word that is used when describing a mother's umbilical cord attached to the baby in her womb, that's the word love. It's the attachment. So when we attach ourselves to what people say about us and what people think about us, we're going to be offended. But when we attach ourselves to what God says about us, we're going to have peace. So which are you going to attach yourself to? If you will attach yourself to what God says about you, that will detach you from the power of what others say about you and what others do to you. This is what it means to love God's word, because I know a lot of Christians say, I love God's word, but people still treat me wrong. And people, OK, you love God's word. That means attach yourself to what God says about you. Let that be the only umbilical cord feeding your opinion of yourself it needs to come only from what the word of God says about you and other people's actions or words will immediately lose their power over you when you declare that you're attaching yourself to what God says about you. And may I add, why not attach yourself to what God says about them too? If you will start looking at other people 
the way that God sees them, speaking about them the way God speaks about them, speaking about yourself the way God speaks about you, you're going to have supernatural peace and you're going to have really good friends. So I want to encourage you. You have, you have this. You have the power to never be offended another day in your life, to break out of the victim mentality. It's choosing, having, knowing that you have the power of choice, power to choose the attitude you're going to have in any situation. My attitude is going to be joy. My attitude is going to be trusting God. My attitude is going to be looking to him. And when you have that attitude and you make up your mind about that, you can't be stopped. You will not be offended. You will have supernatural peace and you will experience new levels of promotion, blessing, increase, favor. Boy, when you stop needing a favor from people, you start trusting God is going to provide all of a sudden you're going to start getting favors from people because you don't need them anymore. You're going to start getting approval from people because you don't need it anymore. You're going to start getting things from other people, good things, because you don't need them anymore and you're trusting God to provide all of that for you. Amen. So stay with me for the next several days, the next two or three or four weeks. We're going to do we're going to go through this day by day. You keep getting the email. By the way, if you'd like to get um, some of our materials, Fast from Wrong Thinking, the book, and Fast from Wrong Thinking, the journal, these are available to you. There should be a website on your screen that you can go to and you can purchase these online and or make them as gifts to somebody. It's a blessing to have the Fast from Wrong Thinking book, which has a whole lot of testimonies in the front that I really want to encourage you to read through and realize that whatever God can do in their life and whatever can happen in their life by fasting from wrong thinking, it can happen in your life by fasting from wrong thinking. Remember, we're not fasting from food. We're fasting from the mindsets that have defeated us long enough. And it's time to take our lives back once and for all. That's what fasting from wrong thinking does. Now, let me pray for you. And I want to pray particularly for anybody that may be watching and you've never received Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord, you've never been sure that you're going to heaven when you die. Why not be sure right now? Come on, let's pray together. Just pray this out loud. You want to be sure you're going to heaven. There's only one way. That's through Jesus, through the blood of his cross, through his death and his resurrection is your guarantee of eternal life in heaven forever. Just pray this. Just say, Heavenly Father, I receive Jesus Christ. Just say that out loud. I receive Jesus Christ into my life as my Savior and Lord. I believe Jesus died for my sins and rose from the dead. Therefore, I am now your child. Amen. Well, if you prayed that, congratulations. And there also should be another book on your screen called The Power of a New Life. You can download it anywhere in the world. If you prayed that prayer, download that book. It'll take you through the next steps in this journey with God, in this new relationship with God, the power of a new life. You've been born again now. And a new life means that you get to start over. And I just congratulate you if you prayed that prayer. Let me know that you prayed it. Let me know that you made that decision today. I'd love to hear from you. And listen, today, I just pray right now for whatever has made you bitter, 
whatever has offended you, whatever has made you feel less than, I pray for an overwhelming awareness of who you are in Christ, that you're more than a conqueror, that you're the head and not the tail, that you're above and not beneath, that nothing can offend you because you're attached to what God says about you. And I, I free you right now. I, I declare freedom from bitterness, freedom from offense, freedom from feeling angry. I declare blessing over those that hurt you. Come on, let's bless those people. Just say, I bless the people that hurt me. I bless them in Jesus' name. Just make that declaration. I bless them in Jesus' name. Don't, you don't have to feel it. Just declare it. I bless them. I don't feel like blessing them in Jesus' name, but I'm blessing them. I don't feel like loving them, but I love them. I forgive them from a distance in Jesus' name. Hey, everything's going to be all right when you believe that. And you speak those words. They have power. They carry all the way. They'll carry you through. Keep staying attached to what God says about you and about others. And everything is going to be all right. Thanks for joining me on Moments today. And I can't wait to talk to you guys soon next time on Moments and also on Sunday. Bring a friend to church. I can't wait to see you there worshiping Jesus with you. Come on time. I can't I can't tell you how great it is when I see your face and when I worship with you. So let's do it together. Let's worship together. And if you're watching online only, then watch online and have church with me in your home from house to house and in the temple. Love you guys. And we'll see you next time. God bless.